0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real-life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. I am your host, Josh Levine, and I am joined here by my longtime friend and my co-host, Travis Hatch. And today, we have Alex Machuka, serial entrepreneur and CEO of Linkrest Media, a digital marketing agency born at the beginning of the pandemic only 11 months ago what? that was bootstrapped and get this, has already scaled to half a million in monthly recurring revenue. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Especially from bootstrapped. Dude, Alex just gets it, okay? He shares some really cool stories, tons of valuable takeaways, including how to work on your business rather than in your business. Brain explosion. Travis and I were taking notes throughout the whole app, so we highly recommend you guys have your notepads ready. Before we get into it, we ask that if you love this episode, please give us five stars on Apple or a follow on Spotify. Share us on your socials. You can find me at Josh Levine Fitness, Travis at Travis Hawks Media. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget, you can also follow the podcast on Instagram. Tons of valuable clips on there. Go check it out. Share them to your stories. We love you guys. Find it at Struggle Two Strength Pod. Two isn't the number two. That's it, y'all. Get your notepads ready. Alex, drop some bombs on us in here. We'll see you inside.
1: know if you guys are big MMA fans or even know what the heck I'm talking about I am know. yeah yeah for You're, sure okay. so when Izzy fought Yoel uh our buddy Frank Hickman is Izzy's wrestling coach so we all accompanied them to Vegas to that fight um and that's where I met Adi and uh we kept a relationship after that uh so when I found out they were coming to town I hit him up and said hey you know give me a call when you get to town so he's like actually you know I'm we're looking for places to like throw an after party um if you know of any and I was like yeah Of course I I do. I live here. So uh, you know, we're hosting the uh after party for Izzy and Leon Edwards uh at one of the uh one of the nightclubs after the fight. We're all going to the fight. We got like floor seats, and then after the fight, you know, we're gonna go with the fighters to uh to the after party. So pretty pumped about that. That's sick.
0: Big UFC fan. That's super sick. That's gonna be awesome, man. How how'd you how'd you originally get in touch with these guys? So just kind of like by chance. So uh my old roommate, his
1: his buddy was, is the wrestling coach for Israel Adesanya. So a bunch of them were planning a trip to Vegas and I was like, I'm coming. So <laughs> I went and then when I went, me and Adi hit it off uh, and uh, we just hung out all weekend. And then at that point, uh, you know, we, we kept in touch and, you know, I've done a few things for him and he's done a few things for me from a like, like a business standpoint, putting him in touch with people and things like that. So we have a relationship and, uh, you know, obviously when they come to my town, you know, we're, we're,
0: we're always going to meet up. That's really cool. That's awesome. So my question is like, wh- how, how established were you when you met these guys? Cause something that I think Travis and I have, have talked about a lot is like not talking ourselves out of the rooms we, we were invited to kind of thing. Yeah, of where, course. Where were you, know, you at in your business? Cause now obviously, you know, I've read about Linkrest. I'm now getting Facebook ads on, on Linkrest. So thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. He's so good, good. good. He's job. good. Yeah. You know what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. So. Um,
1: I, I guess the answer to that would be, you know, I to, to answer your question when I'm at Adi, nothing really. Uh, yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was, I was working with, with this other company, uh, raising money for them. And like, you know, I, it's funny, you know, we were there with Israel Adesanya. We were there with Alex Volkanovsky. He was hanging out with us too. Like all these fighters and, uh, you know, all my friends, they look up to the fighters I don't look up to the fighters. I look, I look up to Audie, who's the entrepreneur behind the fighters. You know that—that's who I look up to. So, uh, you know, when we met up, I don't know. I guess we we just hit it off. You know, I kind of like treat him like everybody else, but obviously, you know, we talked a little business. He asked me what I do, and kind of went in debt about that. Or, or you know, in in we we just started talking business, and you know, i you know, I, I think I can kind of I'm relatable as far as from an entrepreneurial standpoint. You know. I've, always been very entrepreneurial. Uh, I've always, you know, kind of known that, you know, I wanted to kind of run my own business. So, you know, talking to him, being able to talk to him about high level things and just asking, you know, questions, but we got along great. I mean, you know, and how Ovi watches this, you know, he asked me for my number, not the other way around. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was pretty pumped when he did though. And, uh, you know, he's been a great guy to me, super nice guy. Uh, just an amazing, like human, so, you know, we got along great and, and, you know, I kind of gravitated towards him rather than gravitating towards the fighters
0: like everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That, yeah, that's, that, that's valuable. And everybody has their own mentors, of course. Um, right, right. I, I don't yeah. know if he's a mentor. It kind of, I wish he was
1: uh, <laughs> You know, more, more of just like a friend that I could call up sometimes. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, that, that's really our relationship. He's always been super, super humble, super nice to me you know, wish me a happy birthday, uh, you know, Merry Christmas, stuff like that. Hope the
0: family's doing well. Hell yeah. So, so this was pre Linkrest, pre Linkrest. that's right. When, when did you start Linkrest? So I started Linkrest.
1: technically, I would say I started Linkrest a year and a half ago, but from when we got our first clients uh, about 11 months ago, uh, within 11 months, uh, just kind of give you kind of like our structure uh, or, you know, our, or where we've come, you know, I believe and I think I have a lot of data to back this up. Uh, we're one of the fastest lead generation companies in the, in the entire country. Uh, and and it, you, I used to just say that just in the mortgage industry. Um, but now I think it's, it's the entire, almost the entire country. We, uh, we already qualify for the Inc. 5000. Uh, but the only thing that's stopping us is we haven't been in business for two years. So in my first 90 days of, of from my first sale, we scaled to 50K a month. Uh, within eight months, we scale to a hundred K a month and uh, we're 11 months in, we're at about half a million a month in revenue. Damn, We have over 130 clients. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty fast come up. I know the big guys in in our space and digital marketing is like Alex Hermosey and Joel Kaplan, those guys, they do big numbers. Uh, and they're known for that.
0: But if you look at growth rate, we crush them. That's pretty wild, man. That's fast. That's like, I mean... Travis and I are building businesses. We run into um, some growing pains. How do you deal with that on such a high level? So uh,
1: here, here's what I, I always stress to, to, so we have about probably about 30 plus employees, probably about 35 now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell them all the same thing. Hey, we didn't scale from zero to $500,000 a month by me working in the business it's working on the business, right? You never want to work in the business. You want to work on the business. And, you know, when I was at like zero to 10K a month, a big problem that I had was I, I had so much, uh, uh, I had so much trouble letting go of things and trusting other people to handle those issues, <laughs> right? So being able to delegate and automate all the tedious and monotonous tasks that you have to do, if you could find somebody to be, you know, 70% as effective as you, that's a win. Mm -hmm. they'll learn the other 30%. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I tell my guys, is like, so for example, my COO, Joe, he's a whiz. He's, he's one of the, as far from a a software perspective, he's just like the best of the best. Right. And, uh, I tell him all the time, Hey, uh, I need you to teach this person this, uh, and he, and, you know, uh, let's say like a month later, you know, I'll say, Hey, did you teach him that? He's like, no, why didn't you teach him that? Well, it's just easier for me to do it. It's like, all right, well, now I have to put things into perspective for you. Like, do you think it's easier to do it like a thousand times in a row? Or is it easier to teach him and take it off your plate? Like, you're not going to be able to take that off your plate. Um, So, you know, teaching my guys that it's okay to let go and trust other people to handle those things. All you got to do is record a loom video and a monkey could do it, you know? So I've had trouble doing that. And my employees also have trouble doing that. So I have to like, let them know like, hey, it's going to be okay if you let it go. You know, yeah. there's going to be mistakes, but being able to delegate, I'm delegating to you guys. I need you guys to delegate to other people so you can be working on the business and not in the business. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's going to help you scale really, really fast.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That's a hard thing to do, especially at first. I remember you right. know, like making your first hires, you're like, oh, but this is your baby. You want to do it all. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That That is hard to do. and And now you've got 30 something employees who are all under that same ideology that you know, they're working on the business that no wonder you're growing so fast. Yeah. Right. Just trying to establish that culture. Like, Hey, listen, I don't, um,
1: our clients, they don't pay us for time and effort. They pay us for results. So I'm not going to pay you for time and effort. I need to pay you for results. Mm -hmm. There's a really in the corporate world, there's a really negative stigma around working smarter, making your job easier. Like if I had a nine to five job, I would take part of my salary and pay a VA to do, to do a lot of the, the tasks so I could be more productive and people don't do that, which is, is crazy to me. They're just not, you know, they're, they're not in that world, right? They, they're just, I got to do my work. Uh, you know, they, they, they put a value on the amount of hours you put in when the reality is your client never gives a crap about how many hours you put in or how much effort you're putting in. All they care about is the results. So we practice that same thing across the organization, You know, listen, I'm not paying you for time and effort. I'm paying you for results. Let me know if you need an assistant. Let me know if you need a VA. I'll gladly pay that person to make you more effective at your job.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that being said, a lot of these people that we're talking about that work nine to five jobs, they work nine to five jobs because they're not entrepreneurs. They don't think like you. They don't think like us. So they, they don't, they don't think in that way. And so, yeah, they do as they're told and they execute. They're also probably only working an actual two or three hours a day, like, like actually getting work done, not on Google, not on Facebook, not eating lunch, not going for walks, not in bullshit meetings. Right. You know? Um, Yeah. If you're in an
2: office, I feel like you're not working. I'm pretty sure that was, (laughs) yeah. They they say they work like
1: two to four hours a day on average. What's incentivizing them to work, right? They got to clock in or clock out. Yep. Yeah. So like for me, I try and give positive reinforcement. So, you know, one of our developers, he's a building out a new data system that extracts all the data from the CRM that we use and puts it into an Excel sheet that's color coordinated so we can track uh, our clients, how well they're pacing towards their goal, towards their quota and their deliverables. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say, Hey, you know, finish this by this time or you're going to get in trouble. You know, that, that's not what we do. I said, if you finish this by Wednesday, I'll give you a thousand dollars cash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's the difference, right? Positive reinforcement, giving them rewards because him completing that is way worth way more than a thousand dollars to me. Right. Yeah. So
0: for sure, things like
1: that, being able to give spiffs and and bonuses, you know, I try and do that often to, to keep people invigorated
0: to actually motivate people. And I'm sure that's part of the people that are drawn to work for you are people that are motivated by those things. Right. And I'd say the best part about it and listen, of all the things that
1: we've accomplished, the thing that I'm most proud of is, is our team making the right hires hiring the right type of people you know i get text messages late at night from my employees saying like so grateful for this opportunity man i love my job like because i'm always constantly asking them you know what can i do to make your life easier you know is there anything that you need for me to make this more enjoyable for you you know uh i'm I'm constantly asking that question so as a result it's nice to you know get those text messages and fairly often i'll receive those text messages like hey awesome day today so excited like and I know that, you know, if I was working for somebody else, I most likely would not be sending those texts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and I mean, obviously you've, you've, uh, you've kept in good touch with these, did, with your employees. Do you feel like as the company starts to grow? Cause of course you're going to keep on growing it, it. It sounds like, do you feel like you're going to, are you, are you worried at all about losing touch with your client, with your, with your uh, customers? Yes. Uh, not your customers, your employees. employees. That's what I'm talking about.
1: Yes. Uh, a hundred percent. You know, one of my employees the other day, he literally said, uh, what did you say? He goes, you barely say hi to me. You just walk right by me. Like I don't exist. Oh
0: no. Like you're busy like, as
1: fuck. Oh no. Like I never want to do that. So now I make it a point to every time I see him, I'll go give him a hug. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just let him know that I, I, you know, I, I know he's there and I appreciate the work he's doing. So, you know, it, it's hard to juggle all of those things because you're getting pulled in so many directions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's different. You know, like for example, right now we have 130 clients. I used to talk to every client, right? The clients, you guys saw the ads, they see me in the ad, they want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want to, and I can't, I don't, I can't talk to everybody. You can't do
2: 130 calls in a
1: day. No. (laughs) If you look at our Google reviews, there's one bad review. Okay. And the bad review is from a guy who didn't even use our service. He had got on a demo with one of our salespeople, and demanded to speak to me to get reassurances, I wasn't available. Uh, so he, he gave us a bad review saying that oh, I don't no. take the time to speak to clients and stuff like that. I was like, oh, my oh, god!" Like,
0: he didn't even have our service. Dude, that's tough. I've had I've had a client do that. He wanted to meet up with me uh, just to talk. And I was like, dude, I got like 70 of you guys. I, I you know, like if you want to come well, in for and a the session, thing is, he wasn't even a client yet. That that's the that's the well, that's, most unbelievable part of this. The one bad review. The guy's not even a, a client. Did he so. say he wasn't a
1: client in the review?
0: Re- yeah. And okay. we leave it
1: up there just so any logical person who reads it will be like, Yeah, this guy's crazy. That's like <laughs> that's like
2: uh the client version of like people writing nasty comments on YouTube or something. Yeah. Like
1: right. oh like yeah, how yeah. are you
2: angry about something that has nothing to do with you?
1: <laughs> I watch some of the, you know, because people will write stuff on the ads, you know. Oh, oh yeah, but so yeah. funny because it's like they, they, they say things that are one a complete lie. Two, there's no way for them to corroborate those facts. right. So so what they say is not backed up by any data, anything. It's just like for example, we offer 100 leads a month and 30 you know, 30 appointments, all oh, bull crap. you know like they' they're like, oh this, this doesn't work. this is a lie. It's like, you, you don't know anything about us. You haven't even gotten a demo yet. Mm-hmm. So And they're already making judgment. So you're always going to get people like that. I actually enjoy looking at those ads. Some of them, I, I laugh. Some of them are like personal attacks. They don't even know me. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but I, I thoroughly enjoy those. You just kind of got to let those roll. And if you're not getting those type of comments, you you know, you're probably not doing it right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, that's that. Yeah, that's that's probably that's probably true. Um, something I want to ask you about. So, so yeah, you you offer? What did you say hundred leads a month, thirty phone calls guaranteed? Right, and this is strictly real estate. So it's mortgage, right? Yeah, okay, okay. I mean, basically, right. Uh, so essentially,
1: you know, we work with mortgage brokers nationwide. We got about one hundred thirty clients nationwide. Uh, you know, when I first started out, um, and the thing about this space, and and I've always, you know, I've learned under the tutelage of like guys like Richard Brock, he had the number one performing stock in 2004, kind of taught me about the blue ocean strategy, right? You identify Mm -hmm. a gap in the marketplace and attack that. So, you know, what I realized is lead generation in the mortgage is very primitive. Uh, It's almost like they're living in the medieval times. Uh, You know, they they sell you a name and a phone number and say, hey, good luck, go cold call these leads, right? Um, You know, working in a call center since I was 16, I know that, you know, calling is a really, really tough part of the job uh and it gets overlooked by these lead generation companies uh they they don't implement any they they, they say here, here are these leads you go follow up with them and then they hope that the mortgage broker will be successful enough to stay with them the only problem is you know these mortgage brokers you know they're doing a million different things some of them are lazy you can't rely on them to make the phone calls right so you kind of got to hold their hand and i figured well what if we're making the calls for them right these mortgage brokers are making about 100 calls a day if we take that over for them we are completely freeing up their day, right? They're only going to be speaking to people that matter. So we, we've evolved, we've evolved into that setting appointments. Uh, and then the other thing that we figured out how to do is we, we realized, and and I'm always, always, always taking feedback from our clients. So one of the things were, Hey, you know, a lot of the leads that we get, they're just not eligible. They're not, they're not credit eligible to purchase a home. Well, I, I figured out a way to disqualify all the people who have bad credit. So they're only speaking to people who are credit eligible. Right. And that doubled our cost in ad spend, but it increased our our service delivery and retention. Right. So a lot of these lead generation companies in the mortgage industry, most of them are, you know, nice kids who took a course and they're working from home. You know, we have an office here in Tempe, uh, but a lot of the people who do that and hey, there's nothing wrong with working from home, but they're not they're not necessary. And I started out that way. Right. So I can't hate on it. Uh, but, but, but they're not w- well-established. And, uh, you know, the people that take these courses to become digital marketers, the problem is, is that these courses teach a fundamental philosophy that is wrong. Uh, they, they say, don't fail with your money, fail with other people's money, right? And as a result, you get a bunch of people that try and get into lead generation and fail with other people's money. And that gives lead generation a bad name in the mortgage industry, mm-hmm. right? So, Uh, you know, we, we try and and demonstrate, you know, that we're not some, some kid working from home, you know, we're, we're a legitimate company. We have 35 plus employees. We have over 130 uh, clients nationwide. Um, and you know, we're not worried. Uh, That's why, you know, if a kid's at home, right. And he's only got three clients. He is worried about his cost per lead and his profit margins. That's what he's worried about. Right. So that doesn't translate to good business for the mortgage broker. Right? We're big enough where we could actually afford to spend double on ad spend in order to get them better results. Because it may cost them one or two thousand dollars more upfront, but it's going to get them thirty to forty thousand dollars more ROI, which is going to lead to better retention, which makes them stay with us longer. So it's an investment for us in the short
0: term that's going to help us in the long term. Mm-hmm. Now, the the money that you spend on ad spend is that. Um, are, are those leads that coming in, that come into you, are those cold or do you have any sort of digital marketing or email list, some sort of campaign that you use to identify warmer leads from that list?
1: So what we do is, uh, well, the first thing we do is we run conversion campaigns, right? Uh, we don't run lead ads. A lot of mortgage brokers, you know, they're like, oh, listen, I've tried uh, marketing on Facebook. It sucks. It's like, well, oh, what kind of ads were you running? Lead ads. All right. Well, you know, let me explain to you the science behind that. You know, if, if you're running a lead ad, right, it's cheap because Facebook keeps that lead ad on the platform, right? If you run a conversion campaign, that means you're taking them away from Facebook to your website. That's going to cost you more money, right?
0: Because Facebook, doesn't Facebook want wants
1: that. to keep users on the, on the platform, right? So, so lead ads is a way to stay on the Facebook platform. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but if you ever click on an ad and it's a lead ad, it will auto-populate your name. It'll auto-populate your phone number, your email for you. So you don't even have to type it in right? So you have to click, all you have to do is click the submit button, which makes it easier to get a lead and cheaper to get a lead. And the only problem is by the time somebody calls you about that lead, that was a split second commitment for you. What do you think is going to happen when somebody calls you about that lead a week later? You're probably not going to remember filling it out, right? So, you know, we actually take a different approach. We make these leads jump through hurdles to get to you. What we do is we run a conversion campaign Um, from that conversion campaign. We'll take them to a survey, In that survey, they'll answer 12 plus questions about their credit score, their annual household income, how much they're looking to borrow, when they're looking to borrow, if they rent or own, if they're working with a realtor or not. Then after we take that pertinent information, we'll uh, identify if they have good credit or not. If they have bad credit, we'll redirect them to credit repair. We'll say, hey, you're not ready to move into a home just yet. You still need to get your credit fixed. We'll fix their credit, bring it back to the mortgage broker once the credit is repaired. If they do have good credit, they simply go to a landing page, uh, with a video, it says, hey, the next step is to book a call with a mortgage broker. If they don't book on that call, it just goes to our call center and we'll follow up with them and say, hey, we have your survey results. You need to go over them with a mortgage broker, you know, uh, uh, what, what time works best for you. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're setting these appointments. But, you know, we're usually over delivering on these appointments. You know, the reason we promise 30, which is probably it's the highest amount of appointments guaranteed that I've seen in the mortgage industry. Uh, is because we can easily hit 60. Like it's it, mm-hmm. that, you know, we like to under promise and over deliver. Yep. It used to be 40. Uh, but,
0: uh, you know, we, we, we lowered it. That's fair. Yeah. Always over deliver. So question on Facebook ads, there were some recent changes that were made to it. Did that affect you guys at all? Of course. What yeah, were the changes? It, it, uh, the iOS 14 change. So, mm-hmm. uh, basically
1: Apple kind of changed the formatting of, of data, um, how they're receiving ads. Uh, So as a result, you know, it it drives the price up on Facebook. You would think that two, you know, huge corporate giants would kind of work in continuity with each other. It's not the case. Um, So, you know, as a result, our ad spend has increased across the board. Uh, It's increased uh, uh, probably like 15, 20%. So, you know, we're working on a couple of things. Um, You know, if you're a digital marketer, highly recommend looking into something like Hyros. Um, Hyros is going to um, pull the data correctly from Facebook, and uh, help you get your costs lower. I know a lot of my ads guys use that. Uh, there's other things that you can do. Like the, I know there's a way to like manually do it, but it's a little bit, you know, more tedious and difficult to figure out. I got somebody figuring it out right now, so I don't have to drop, you know,
0: $5,000 a month on Hiros. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and the, the app, that, that's an app called Roast.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like a, yeah, it's, it's, it's an app, I guess like an app on your computer really. You don't want to do it on your phone, Okay. Uh, but it's, it basically gives you in-depth analytics
0: uh, on, on every aspect of your ad Okay. uh, way, way more so than you'd be able to get on Facebook. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm very interested. I know Travis is too in in learning more about Facebook ads for someone who's starting to learn about them and just getting into them. What what would you say your best practices are? YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I've
1: learned more on YouTube in one hour than I learned in my four years a college. You sound like Gary Vee. Yeah. Remember those, right? <laughs> it's but, fact. Uh, it, it the the it's it's never been easier to be an entrepreneur because there's so much access to information, right? Um, any of those, you know, YouTube uh, or Facebook ads for beginners, like all of those are going to be good. Uh, and generally, it's it's about knowing the type of campaigns that you run. You just want listen. You want you want to do Facebook ads. Here's what you do. You watch a YouTube beginner's video, right? And then you need to come up with an offer or what the copy is, right? Because it's all about the offer. You go on Groupon, you look at the most popular offer, whichever one has been bought the most because it'll tell you. You simply copy that offer. So you, Josh Levine Fitness, you would go on Groupon, you would see, um, you, would, you would go on Groupon, look up gyms and see which offer is selling the most. And then you would make an ad and offer the same exact thing. And you're going to get results from that because it's already been proven on Groupon.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas if you, if, if you didn't take that approach, I mean something that I think some people just throw money into ads thinking it's going to work, but they don't have a proven template. Which so is like, just,
2: yeah, buy my training.
0: Yeah. Buy my, yeah. It's like buy, ah, my, buy training. my training. Buy my training. Right. Yeah, right. They, they don't somebody. know how to write copy. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. Or they, they don't just offer.
2: don't have an offer. They're like, yeah, here's my train. Like, why, why is someone clicking that just because you're offering it? You know? Yeah. Right. and like, you You're don't not even know really if, offering. It it just exists.
0: Yeah, and you don't know if that's even going to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like the Groupon idea. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. Anytime you need an offer in an industry, just go on Groupon
1: and the, the data shows you, it literally says like on the ad, like how many people, 997 people have bought this, you know, mm-hmm. so you can see which one's performing the best and then just piggyback off that offer,
0: use the same offer. That's a pretty good. Idea. Thanks Groupon. Yeah. Thanks Groupon. <laughs> thanks Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, so talking, speaking of copy, you were obviously you're very well-spoken. You were, you were in uh, call centers for a long time starting off. Did you do all your own copy? Did you outsource it? Have you always yeah, been starting a writer? Off, I did
1: all my starting off. I did all my own copy. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, there are so many, networking groups out there. So, you know, we use a software called Go High Level. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. If you're not, and you're looking to get into digital marketing, if you don't have Go High Level, you are going to be outperformed by anybody who has Go High Level. So what Go High Level is, is it's a follow-up software. It's not so much about running ads. Anybody could run ads. Anybody could get leads. It's about the follow-up on that lead. Mm -hmm. Right? So what systems do you have in place to make sure that that lead converts so GHL, you can build out follow up cadences via email, text message, voicemail drops, uh, pretty much anything that you need. Um, and 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 you could literally set up triggers. You could build funnels within it. It's literally like the most elite marketing software out there. But here's the really cool part: if you join their Facebook group, okay, they have these things called snapshots. Okay, we have a snapshot in our agency. It's it's we designed it ourselves. But basically, what it is is it's an entire follow up sequence for all of our clients, right? That's how we do text message follow-up, email drip campaigns, all that stuff. It's already built in. The really, really cool part about Go High Level is you could go into their Facebook group, find a marketing company that's very, very successful, and pay them to use, to buy their snapshot, and all of a sudden you have a world-class follow-up system that's, you know, built out by, already built out for
0: you by another marketing agency that you know is already having good results. It's a plug and play. No shit. So it sounds kind of like Active Campaign, but a, a like a text it's message be- version. And yeah, I'm familiar with Active Campaign. In yeah. fact, a lot of my clients use it, but it's way, way, way better. Really, way more intricate. You can do way more. If you could think of it, you could you could do it and in, in, in go high level. I like the text message capability because, like, let's be real, who checks emails right now? Right. Yeah. No texting is definitely um, definitely the big one. And, you know, I always talk about this because um, you know
1: people are talking, you know, TV commercials and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not doing TV commercials. No, dude. Uh, you know, your phone right now, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, in pattern recognition, especially throughout history. Right. So you look at like the 1920s and thirties, you know, everybody used to listen to the radio. Right. And then uh, around that time, the TV came around, people started transitioning uh, from the radio to the TV, right? That same thing is happening, except the TV is now the radio and your phone is the TV. Mm-hmm. Right, so what does that make Facebook, Instagram, and Google? It makes it your Fox News, your CNN, your ABC. Mm-hmm. Right? There has never been something that has more equity share in the human mind than your phone. Right? P- even when when there was no phones around, there's no way that somebody would spend more hours watching TV even when their phones didn't exist than the time that they're spending on their phone right now. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's so much equity that you have in their in their headspace that you can that you can you know, un, unload on. So, you know, for us, you know, text message is huge, right? We, we
0: we know that people are on their phones. Look at your screen time. It'll probably freak you out. Dude, yeah, it's, so it's bad. scary. It's, I mean, granted we're in the digital market, we're, we're in the tech space, but still like, right. it's bad. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, like, yeah, I'll be watching TV and still be looking at my phone more than the TV. Dude,
1: dude. 100%, I can't get through a movie. I no, can't get
0: through a movie. No, I also don't sit still very
2: well. Screen time is like the new body count. Like everyone's like, oh, I'm on my phone like three hours. You know, it's like 10.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, it was like 923 last time I checked. And granted, uh, yeah, I do a lot of work from my phone. But do, are you guys pretty mobile? Speaking of which, like, can you work from anywhere? Yeah, we could work from anywhere. Um, I do like the office component,
1: obviously with COVID. Um, you know, was a little worried about getting it started up. So, you know, for us, it's very easy. You know, we have an incredible demo that we do. Um, and, and if you're a digital marketer or if you're in any type of sales, um, you know, and you're doing phone sales right now, uh, I can guarantee you, and I'd put a hundred thousand dollars on this, that if you did a demo instead of a phone call, you would convert at a higher level. And it's not because demos are cooler or because it looks cool. It's the reason is, is because there's three different types of learners. There's audio, right? There's auditory, there's visual, and there's kinesthetic. A demo identifies, a demo demo addresses all three, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, when we started doing demos uh, at Lincrest, I mean, it drastically improved our conversion rate drastically. Uh, It's like night and day. Um, But the problem was, when people are working from home, it's really hard to train them, mm-hmm. right? It, it's, it's hard to train them. If they're in an office with me, I'm in my conference room right now, but if I go out to, uh, you know, to the floor, uh, you know, I can simply walk past somebody, hit, listen to what they're saying and saying, hey, hey next time say this, mm-hmm. right? But if they're doing their demos all remote from home, I would have to go back, look at the recording and watch 40 minutes of a demo to identify what's wrong. Mm-hmm.
2: How do you guys do demos? Is it like, are you talking about, you have like a rep that's doing a demo of like your process with them to show them, to show your client, this is how we do it?
1: A hundred percent. Right now, like look, we get sales easy um, because our offer is so good and nobody else offers what we offer in the space. Yeah. So 90% of the people that we speak to, they're like, Hey, you know, I've never heard of anything like this before really excited about this. So I know that we've, you know, we talked about the blue ocean strategy, right? That, that's what it's all about. Uh, but, but as far as from a from a demo standpoint, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that we're setting the proper expectations, right? Because we know we could sell them. Uh, we have 130 plus customers. Uh, now what I'm working on with my salesman is, hey, don't oversell. Don't ever oversell it. Set the proper expectations because now, you know, what I'm worried about is how many support emails I'm getting a day right? How, how are we going to improve retention? How are we going to keep them reaching out to us to a minimum? We want to keep them happy. That's how we do that. Right. So if you're setting the proper, the the wrong expectations, like, Oh, you know, these leads are going to be ready to go right away. Well, that's not necessarily true. And we have no control over that. So don't say that, you know, so, so things like that, right. Uh, You know, we want to be careful with, with the way they sell if they're overselling, if anything, I, 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 you know, we try and practice all the time under promise and over That's, what's going to keep them as a client. I don't need them as a client for one month. I need them as a client. Well, we have, we have 90 day agreements, but um, you know, retention is the most important thing to me right
0: now. Oh, you know, for sure. Yeah. Always right. should be right. Yeah. It's much, much cheaper to keep a client. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So let me ask you this. You've grown really, really fast. And you're up to you said half a million a month. Right. At what point do you feel and if you've even gotten there yet, that you've shifted from like growth to limiting your fuck ups, for lack of a better term? <laughs> At are, what point? Like, are you still focused on growing and and growing the business, getting new doing clients? Both. We're, we're doing both. So, you know, I don't, do you guys know who judge Graham is? I don't think so.
1: So judge Graham, he's a guy, uh, you know, he's been, I've been talking to him, but he he sold two companies. I think one of them for like 52 million, the other one for like a hundred million or something. Right. And what he said to me is if you don't have an end game, a plan to exit, then you don't have a real company. You have a job that you created yourself. Right. So for me, my main goal and my main goal has always been to fire myself and I can't fire myself without having proper systems and processes in place so that the company could run without me. It can grow without me. Uh, It it can be sustainable without me. Like I write, uh, and it's funny, like a lot of my employees, they joke around like, you know, very like, oh, you're the wolf of wall street. They say that because I basically created this pitch, this demo and the script. And I said, if you say this verbatim, you can sell, right? If you say this exactly how it's typed, you will sell this product. And what I was doing is I was taking people with no sales experience and having them sell $15,000 packages on their first and second day. That's how good the, 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 the demo is, right? It's, it's, it's a fantastic demo, goes in depth. We try and make it educational for them but all they have to do is just repeat it verbatim. I, like, you know, it's spoon fed to them. So that's part of the processes. And now what I'm doing is building out rebuttals to complaints, right? Like, all right. So if somebody complains about timeline, we need to walk them through like, all right, listen, you know, cause they'll say, oh, you know, I've been a mortgage broker for 10 years. So I say, that's great. Let me explain to you how digital marketing works though. And why timeline is something that we can't eliminate from, you know what I mean? We can't weed out all the people unless you wanna pay like $50,000 a lead. It's just not possible, right? And we will go into that and walk them through the technical stuff of why it's impossible to do that. And why not only we can't do it, but other companies can't do it either, right? So now we're, we're going through those SOPs like, all right, so what are the most common complaints or support tickets that we have and how do we handle them, right? How do we handle them from a, a technical standpoint? How do we handle them from a conversation standpoint? You know, Hey, listen, I can't do that for you, but here's what I can do for you. So we're building out all those SOPs now because before that I was just taking all those calls myself because I was the only person who can, Mm -hmm. you know, so now, you know, I got to train my support guys to take those calls and be comfortable taking those calls, build cheat sheets for everybody. When they say this, say this, when they do this, do this, Mm -hmm. you know, so really, really breaking down, all the intricacies of my business and trying to clone myself like 10 times over so that, you know, I don't need to have these conversations with people to get, to get our points across um, and, and, and help us with client retention.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel like you're, you're building out all these processes and, and sharing this information to, like you said, clone yourself. Have you, do you feel like, your ability to be successful in this regard in, in sales, in digital marketing, do you feel like it's pretty, it comes pretty naturally to you? Was it difficult? What I'm asking is like, was it difficult to be able to put into words and create templates to treat, to teach people that?
1: Uh, no, I'd say if, if I have one superpower uh, it's that it's, it's writing really? sales scripts mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and people ask me all the time uh, you know, from a marketing standpoint or people in, in GHL, Facebook or whatever, you know, like, you know, why, why isn't this working for me? I think I had a, a little bit of an advantage. You know, I'm 33 years old. I started this company when I was 32 years old. I already had a ton of experience professionally. I already had success professionally. Um, so I think I came from a different place than a lot of these, these kids, they're young kids who try and start their own agencies uh, because most people my age, they're too scared to stop what they're doing and, and start something completely new. Um, for me, I've always been trying to start businesses my whole life. Uh, you know, I, I, before this, I was involved with a, a production company called uh, West Fifty Four, and, and we had a, a Instagram pop-up exhibit called Taco Topia. And uh, basically, you know what happened is uh, they needed an investor, uh, and they said, "Hey, Alex, if you find somebody to invest in our company." We need $250,000. We'll give them 25%. And if you find that person, we'll give you 10% equity. Okay. So I went, I had a friend who had money. Uh, I thought I got him in. And then at the end he got cold feet. Right. So, you know, I was kind of like, damn, I really want equity in this company. This is a great opportunity. So I thought, all right, this is an, in- so what it was, it was an Instagram pop-up exhibit. Are you guys familiar with the museum of ice cream? No. Like, have you guys seen those like experiential marketing things on Instagram? Yeah. What's like, the yeah, other, what's yeah, the yeah. other one,
2: big the big one? There's that was so many LA. of them out now. Yeah.
1: So, so this one was called Tacotopia It's on the Santa Monica promenade. And, uh, you know, I quickly realized, I'm like, Hey, all of these brands, they are paying to be sponsored at these festivals. Right. And the reason they're paying to be sponsored at these festivals is because people take pictures at these festivals. Right this is a three-day event. Those Instagram pop-up exhibits are a three-month event, right? And people are going there to take pictures for Instagram. You know, what's better than paid media, free media, right? Organic. So um, after I realized that, you know, the investor dropped out, I cold called Pepsi uh, and I cold called Cholula and, I, and three calls each. And this is a true story. I got them to invest $250,000 and I kept the 25% equity for myself. They just wanted to put their name on it. They just wanted to put their name on the on, on the exhibits. Uh, so so we, we got the money raised to actually do it. We ended up raising like $600,000. We were on the Santa Monica Promenade in LA. Uh, we had a few mishaps. Like for example, our ads weren't performing well. And when that happened, I cold called Gary V's partner, Ryan Harwood, um, and got them interested in equity Uh, in Tacotopia because they were looking to get into the experiential space. So we started running a test with them. uh, And then the, the, the pandemic uh, happened. So, uh, you know, that whole company just kind of like fell apart. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's how I got into Linkrest. But, you know, my my point that I'm trying to make is uh, I don't get as I'll get on the phone with anybody. uh, And, you know, I feel like I belong there. You know what I mean? Like I'm not intimidated by, cold calling Pepsi and asking them to give me $250,000, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't get intimidated by that stuff, but a lot of other entrepreneurs do, you know, they, they have like kind of like an anxiety threshold that they don't want to cross over for me. I'm just, I, I don't have that. Like I don't get anxious over that stuff. I I'll cold call, you know, anyone mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who well, it is.
0: And you grew up cold calling you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first job when I was 15 years old was cold calling. It's brutal.
2: So do you think that that's all just experience or do you think, think that that's your I, personality as well? Yeah, I
1: know. I, I think, I think it's definitely has to do with experience. And the reason for that is, and, and, and to kind of piggyback off my last point about like listen, why I, I, I said, Hey, I'm taking people off the street and making, and, and they're selling 15 K packages. That's a high ticket product. Mm-hmm. Okay. It took me years to get the confidence To be able to sell high ticket products. It takes most people like years of experience before they can feel comfortable enough to ask for that type of money over the phone. Right. So that's why I'm like, dude, look at these, these kids, they have no sales experience and they're coming right in and they're selling 15 grand products, 18 grand products. This kid that works for me, his name is Hussein. I'm so proud of him. This is his first sales job. The other week he sold a 40 K a month product. (laughs) Wow. 40K a month for, for our business and no sales experience. He was doing HVAC before us. No oh shit. Well, you've
2: That's- got a good system and then you've got a good product and a great cost, offer and a great offer, great in offer is very customers important. that yeah. need it, you know what I mean? Like, real yeah. estate's hot right now, everyone needs to be like making their money and it's competitive. Like, why would they not get a leg up with one of the you know, with someone who's going to get them results? Like, that's a no brainer, yeah. Like, they, right. they're going to make their money, you know what I mean? They just need you to help them make more. Like, why not? Right. And
1: people always ask me this, they're like, Hey, like, you know, there's always the uh, devil's advocate people or the people who, even my own friends, are like, Yeah, listen, it's going great now, but what are you going to do if the housing market like turns the housing market is so up and down? I'm like, dude, I started this business (laughs) in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) when there was more uncertainty than any time in like recent history. Like I'm not worried about the housing market. If anything, you know, if, if you believe the recession's happening, then you need to double your sales and you can't do that without automation.
2: And, and that uh, that I, that attitude of like, oh, so sorry. what are you going to do if this happens? What are you going to do if that happens? Like that never ends. What are you going to do about nah, this? Dude. What are you going to do about that? And then all of a sudden you're 90 and you're dead. Yeah. Like,
1: what <laughs> right. do you mean, dude? Like if you run into the that, people, then you'll deal with it. Like, And most
0: of the people who say that are just not entrepreneurs. Exactly. No. But you don't know and what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, Nobody does. Safe. Yeah. Right. Dude, Travis and I, like, we started our business in the middle of COVID too. Yeah. Bought houses in the middle of COVID too. Yeah. People are like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's going to be fine. Yeah. First,
1: first movers. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. first movers, then there's followers. And then there's, you know, the general public who needs to see everybody else go first to make sure it's safe. Make sure it's safe. Jump in.
0: those people almost never get ahead. No, but I mean, you know, those are the nine to fivers and we need those people. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean the the thought of starting cold calling. I'm, I'm still I'm still up on this because my my first job out of college was uh, I was in cold sales. I worked for WB Mason if you're familiar. And I think uh, I've heard of them. Yeah, they're northeast, and um, it was uh, business to business sales, and I was going door to door from business to uh, business, not residential, but selling you know office supplies, office products, anything you could possibly use at a at a um in an office. And dude, it, I had it built some, such thick skin. Like I got told to fuck off and that they were going to call the police and like all the worst sh- th- shit you wouldn't say to another human being. You ever and tried door to door? That's what I was doing. Door to door. Yeah. That's, that's what I was what doing I as well. Like in, in my, my face. Food. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but did you ever have a a, a, uh, 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 a, phone job after door to door? Like post? No, I mean, I've always been in sales, but I've never done cold call, like cold call sales. Okay. Right after that, I went into, we. I was like, warm leads is the way to go. <laughs> right. Well, and John. then that must've been so much easier for you because I oh, remember yeah. you
1: know, my first job when I was 15 years old um, was cold calling, but I wasn't even selling anything. I was asking for donations. Oh, shit. That was my first job. <laughs> then after that, I did door-to-door sales. And then I went back to a call center cold calling. And when I got to the call center, I'm like, "This is so nice. It's so much easier. I don't have to get screamed at face
0: to face. At least they're doing it over the phone. This is way easier." Uh-huh. Yeah, you can hang up. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it does build thick skin, and it, it like I'm not surprised after hearing that you've been in cold cold calling since you were 15 that right. you're not afraid to cold call Pepsi and Cholula. Right. Because what's the worst that happens? They, they tell you no. They tell yeah. They tell they say no. Maybe they tell you to fuck off. Like whatever. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a valuable lesson. Now, if if somebody hasn't gone through that, like your, your salespeople, obviously they have you uh, to help them through like a really challenging process of getting good at sales. You're giving them the, the blueprint to being good at sales for people who don't have that for people who haven't been in cold calling, who are afraid to make that jump, whether it's starting a business, making a call, what advice do you have for those people?
1: My advice, like, if they want to start from scratch, I would say do door-to-door sales. (laughs) Get that thick skin. For real, Because it'll make cold calling a breeze for you. Yeah. It'll make cold calling an absolute breeze. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that'd be my first advice. The other thing is, um, you know, I believe in the solution selling methodology. So, you know, asking the right questions. Why are we on the call today? You know, what are you trying to accomplish? What are your pains? Identifying those pains and then giving
0: them a solution to those pains. Yep. Identifying pain points and then referring back to them is really valuable. 100%. Especially when you have a good offer and you have those pain points now and you say, okay, well, if I, if I just did this one thing, fix this one pain point, show you the possibility, would that be worth your money?
1: Right. You do that enough exactly. times and they're like,
0: okay, fine. Take my money. Like here's my credit card. Right <laughs> now. Are you, are you, are you trained in NLP or anything like that? Or have you just like read? Faces? Neuro-lingu- Neurolinguistic programming. Yeah. My
1: mother is actually a certified NLP practitioner. Um, She's walked me through a few of those things. I know a little bit about it from her. Mm -hmm. uh, And, uh, you know, I've let her kind of like do her thing on me, whatever that is, right? Uh, You know, walk me through like my timeline and and things like that. So she's really into that. Um, And she, she, you know, it, it felt like it was helpful from a standpoint of like, you know, ridding me of my, baggage, uh, mentally, emotionally, obviously it's much harder when you're talking to your mom, you can't exactly (laughs) tell her all the bad about all the baggage. But, um, I also went to go see a guy named, uh, Dr. George Pratt. Okay. This guy, uh, he does the same, uh, same thing. Uh, it was really weird. He gave me these act, like I told him like, Hey, you know, he literally would feel my arm and like push it down. And he'd be like, did something happen to you in March? March of 2019, no like what happened to you? You were really stressed out. Yeah. I I swear to you. So the reason I went to him is because uh, this guy named Jeremy Haynes, Jeremy Haynes did all the uh, marketing for Grant Cardone. He's really really talented digital marketer. He does all the Facebook ads for Dan Locke. He's a mentor of mine. And uh, he told me to go to this guy, Dr. George Pratt. He's like, I go to him quarterly. The, uh, the, The guys who go to Dr. George Pratt, Larry King, a uh, bunch of NFL players what people in the white house and like basically what he does is he just makes you optimally perform look up rob durdic dr george pratt uh, rob durdic literally attributes his success to getting hypnotized by dr george pratt no shit and, and
0: he's a legend and here's
1: and here's what i will say when i met dr george pratt i was at 0 dollars no shit
2: Where's this so guy I don't know we, if that has anything to do with it. We got to find him.
1: Yeah, I got to find I him. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I'd like to think that it doesn't have anything. To, you know, yeah. Like think yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it's a little woo-woo, but, but. Yeah.
1: I will say, you know, after, at, you know, I can't put my finger on what exactly. I thought I turned my phone on airplane mode. Sorry about that, guys. I'm so sorry. You turn can. it off. Um, wasn't a hundred percent sure. Um, but I mean, hey. I figured whether this works or not, the fact that I'm paying $900 is going to let a fire under my ass to make sure I get an ROI. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it's only $900. <$900? laughs> yep. That's a pretty cheap investment. I think he has for-
1: two. One of them is like 900 and the other one's like 600 for like a half hour. I flew in, I flew into San Diego to go see
0: him. Yeah. Yeah. I flew in. I would heavily. Yeah. I would heavily uh, consider that.
1: Yeah. yeah. He, he's a, He's an awesome guy. Really nice guy. Like I said, he's good friends with, well, Larry King, I guess he passed mm-hmm. away, but he, he was good friends with Larry King. Uh, he, he's, he's seen a bunch of guys. I think when I was there, like one of the players from the Jets were over there. They like flew in from New York to go see him. Mm-hmm. So like what he does is like he gets rid of like your past traumas because your past traumas apparently are what block you or stop your psyche from letting you be successful, right? You ever have those moments where you're like, I really want that. But, you yeah. know, for some reason you just can't let yourself have it. Uh, so, you know, that's really like the, the mindset or, you know, the thing that he focuses on and it, he made me do these breathing exercises and stuff. And I don't know, it was cool, but, uh, you know, like I said, not sure if it works, but Hey, what's the freaking harm in it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah what's the worst thing that happens
2: even if it even if it is placebo if it eliminates your insecurities then you're more confident exactly. yeah, it doesn't you're matter if it's a sugar pill or not like, yeah. like
0: oh
1: it works I'm,
0: I'm good to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't care if it's a sugar pill or not if it works yeah. right. it's, it's exactly good. exactly yeah um yeah and and being willing to invest in yourself like that that is another thing that you know like you
1: said you know what advice do you have for people starting out There's so many people out there that will buy tickets to uh, a concert, buy their Gucci shoes, buy their shirts. I love buying all that stuff. But I can justify it because I also invest heavily into myself. When I first started Lincrest, you know, I had the failed company in Tacotopia. I think I had $2,000 left in my bank account. I spent it on a course.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And well, I wanted to go into this a little bit more. Cause I I mean, I have a business coach, Travis and I have both, obviously we, we invest a lot in ourselves and people think we're fucking crazy for the amount of money that we invest in ourselves. Dude, it's not a, it's not a bet. It's I'm not, it's not a gamble. I have wagered way more than (laughs) than what I'm betting on myself, but all you have to do is execute. Right? So if you invest in a course, well, okay, cool. All you have to do is execute. Like that's not, that's not a gamble. It's not a bet. I think people, right. and then uh, people all have course, trouble seeing it that way. And then all those courses get bad names because somebody will take a
1: course and then they won't do shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They'll just sit, you know, they, they won't take, put anything into action. And then they blame the course. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know, with, with some, some of our clients, we'll literally show them like, Hey, you're doing this wrong. You know, you're, you're, you're doing this like painfully obvious things. You have to know it's never their fault. It's always your fault. Mm-hmm. Yep which sucks <laughs> as, a,
0: yeah, as, a, you guys, as a coach. You guys hits. are
2: probably actually like, you guys have very similar, probably pains. Cause like yeah, Josh is something. the same way. Like he's selling a, a program
0: to get you fit, but he can't get you fit. No, I you have, you to, have to get you fit. You
1: can't, you can't force these people to go to the gym every day. No, yeah.
0: I can lead you to water. I can't make you drink it. Exactly. You know, right? if you, if you don't want to stop drinking alcohol every weekend, if you don't want to, like actually get to bed on time. If you don't want to do all these little things and like, dude, I, I, I'm not going to tell you a good job. I'm not very right. sympathetic. I'm empathetic as fuck, but like, yeah, you can be better. Yep, hundred like, percent. Yeah. You talked about optimizing yourself. Like this is a massive part of it.
1: And that's exactly, you know, why we've evolved into the, the type of company that we are. Right. It's like, Hey, you know, we can't say to these mortgage brokers, "Are you making the calls?" They're going to get pissed off. Why don't we just make the calls for them, wipe their asses? You know, yeah. like
0: make it easy, gonna, right? Yeah, right. Make it as easy as possible for them. And yeah, you, I, I just remembered, you bootstrapped it, didn't you? Bootstrap, no investment. <laughs> Fucking insane. In eleven months. That's pretty wild. In eleven months. So, so what's next? You want an exit? Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to scale to a million a month. And once we do that, uh, you know, we're already starting to build IP, Uh, you know, we want to build our own software to hit those multipliers. I'm reading like five books at once right now about private equity playbook, uh, how to build multipliers in your business, how to do this, how to do that. So, um, you know, everything that we do, um, I'm not, so, you know, something may solve our problem short-term, but I, I literally won't do it even if it causes me a headache uh, if it interferes with the way we're structuring our business in order to exit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's my end, my end game is an exit. I'd like to exit. And uh, you know, I could do this. I could replicate this in any industry. doesn't necessarily have to be mortgage. I, I, we could do this just as well in any other industry. Um, so, you know, after that, I don't think I'll ever retire. I'll just have a new hobby. I don't consider this like a, a job, I love doing this. You know, this is, I live for this shit, you know, so this is
0: fun to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't consider it work. That was actually one of my questions is when, when Travis and I were talking about Linkrest and, you know, we were looking at the webpage and I was like, I feel like this can apply to more industries. What made you pick the mortgage industry and what would you pick next? So the reason I picked the mortgage industry was I actually used to work for this guy named Zach
1: Barada. And, um, and, and I did that because the course told me, Hey, you know, you don't need to, and and this is what a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand. So for example, you, Josh, you know, in order to provide value to you, I don't need to directly provide that value. I can outsource that value. Right. So like with, with Audi, for example, um, I, do you guys know who Josh Snow is? No. Snow Teeth Whitening. Uh, you might've seen Floyd Mayweather with it or Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. 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 Okay. So Josh Snow is the owner of Snow Teeth Whitening. He built this e-commerce company to hundred million, and uh, I noticed that he was getting a bunch of athletes to um, advertise his product. Now Audi is the CEO of Paradigm. They represent a ton of athletes. Doesn't matter what sport. They represent a ton of them. So I knew that Josh was using an agency uh, to find these influencers or athletes to, and he was paying the agency a fee to find these athletes to advertise his product. I thought, all right, Audi needs a way to bring his athletes deals and put food on the table for their families. Josh is paying a premium using an agency. Why don't I just bring them right to the source, cut out the middleman and they both save money for Audi, It's a way for him to feed his fighters and athletes for Josh. It's a way to get wholesale pricing, right? I'm valuable to Audi because of that. I didn't provide any value. What did I do myself? Josh just providing the value. I'm just connecting them to, right? So out, being able to outsource that value and being able to recognize opportunities to where you can outsource that value, make you that much more valuable.
0: Mm-hmm. And, that just, and what was your, what was your question before that? I like went off. No, it. no, that's all good. That was actually really valuable. Um, my question was, well, the first one was how you uh, started, how you chose the mortgage industry.
1: Right. But right, then right. What, so what
0: would you choose next? You know, I'd have to really think about that. I, I
1: would want to do something fun. Um, like uh, I'm a big MMA fan. Maybe MMA gyms. That'd be a fun a fun little niche. I think I could crush that, especially with like the connections that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, from a mortgage standpoint, point to answer your question, uh, so you know, listen, if you want to learn how to run a marketing company, go work for one. So I did. I, I went to work for this guy named Zach Barada. He was doing mortgages. I looked. You know, I, I was doing sales for him. I realized there's a market for it. Um, notice there's a few things he was doing and thought, you know, I could do that a little bit better. Uh, I think, I think I can do it a little bit better. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've evolved our entire system. It's so complex. And Zach being the gracious, gracious guy that he is, he didn't have a problem with it. You know, he's like, Hey, there's enough business here for both of us. You know, he's not, uh, and, and we keep in touch. It's a healthy competition. I mean, you know, I've far surpassed him from a growth rate standpoint, But like, he's happy for me, you know, and if one of my guys learns and wants, decides they want to do it on their own, I'd like to empower them and enable them to do that on their own and help them get there. I don't want to, you know, tear anybody. Like, so for example, my brother, my younger brother, this is how I know I've thought about getting into coaching. I don't really have time right now, um, but I've thought about getting into coaching because I was able to actually hand the entire blueprint of my business to my younger brother I would have liked him to work for me, but he's got a little competition thing with me. He, he doesn't want to, you know, he, he, he would never work for me. So, you know, why do people get wealthy? People get wealthy to take care of their families, right? I figured out a way to take care of my family before I got wealthy. I, I said, listen, I know I have this process, this business, this system that makes a bunch of money. I'll give you everything. I'll give you the follow-up. I'll give you the pitch. You can start your own business. Within six months, he hit 100 a month. Damn. In what industry is that? Same exact industry, man. Really? I gave him the exact the exact playbook. And it you know, it, it part of it comes back and bites me in the ass sometimes. They're like, I just got on a demo with somebody and they said, You have the same exact script as Auto Nurture, which is my brother's company.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, because we we made the script. Yeah. No, <laughs> that right there. That's like that's abundance mentality at its finest. Like, you're not gonna find a super successful entrepreneur who's scarcity minded. Yeah, right. And you there's know, enough to go around. Listen,
1: you know, the only thing better than, than coming up is, is coming up with the people that you care about and love and like, Facts. you know, like you said, you know, you can, you can uh, feed him a fish, right? But if you, if you teach him how to fish, yep. now I know he's set for life. He has a skill. He knows how to implement it. He knows all the back, all the processes, all the systems that if he lost his business tomorrow, he'd be able to rebuild it in three months, right where it is. So he's set for life. And I was able to take care of him and, and set him up for life before I was even wealthy, Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. something
0: that was really, really cool for me. Yeah. That's valuable, man. Yeah, it's really, it's really cool. You have a really cool story. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got to hear a little bit about it. I'm sure there's a lot more, but um, I, I had a lot of valuable takeaways from this. I really appreciate your time, man. Good. I, I appreciate you, you guys. And, and again, sorry about missing that first one, man. I, hey, It's all good. Care. It's yeah. all good, man. Look, um, obviously I, you know, we have a lot of people in the space. I know, especially with Travis, we might have some connections who are interested in, uh, learning more about you, Linkrest. W- give yourself the plug. Where can people find you? Let us know where you're at.
1: Yeah. Uh, so just go to www.linkrestmedia.com. Uh, you know, that's going to give you just pretty much a 360 view of, of, of our business and, and what we do. Um, or you could just go on YouTube and type in Linkrest Media. Um, you'll be able to see testimonials. You'll be able to see uh, myself talking about our service pretty much in depth. Uh, if, if you don't have time for a demo with one of our sales reps, just go on YouTube and, and, and catch one of the demos there. You'll be able to get a good understanding of our business.
0: Oh yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, I definitely appreciate it again. Uh, I'd like to keep in touch and um, I, I think a lot of our listeners are going to find a lot of value from this. I know I did. So for everybody who has tuned into another episode of the struggle to Strength podcast, Thank you, Alex. We will see y'all next week.